Oh my gosh, there is an article from BuzzFeed that was trending on Twitter. It was actually trending so high on Twitter that Twitter had a descriptor of it. It was one of those Twitter moments. And when I say that this article from BuzzFeed about men and women in Hollywood is absolute garbage, it's the understatement of the year. I want to go through this article line by line just to show you what a heaping, smoking pile of garbage this is. That's what we're going to do shortly. Also, if you're not already part of the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals, if you are not already a VIP on the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals, I invite you to do so right now because between now and New Year's, this is the cheapest amount of money that it'll ever cost for you to be uh, a VIP, to have access to extended interview or extended segments, to early access to interviews, to question and answers, lives, all kinds of cool insider benefits. LizWheelershow.com slash locals to join that community. Let's get to this BuzzFeed article though, because this is garbage. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is the Liz Wheeler Show. Okay, so this was trending, this article from BuzzFeed was trending on Twitter, and the Twitter moment, you're familiar with what a Twitter moment is, it's when Twitter takes a trending topic, and they aggregate um, the information about it in a way that they, how they want you to understand it, basically. So with this BuzzFeed article, they titled this moment, Men Being Saviors to Women in Hollywood, and they go through a list, as, as BuzzFeed does, they do a listicle, everything's a listicle on BuzzFeed, that's, that's actually the only good thing about BuzzFeed is the fact that they write in listicles, I think. Um, but they Twitter described this moment as men being saviors to women in Hollywood, and they they number different instances of men sticking up for women. Now, I hesitate when I say sticking up for women because BuzzFeed does something very pernicious in this article. BuzzFeed presents women in Hollywood as if women, just by nature of being women, are weak. And they, their premise is that they're surprised that each and every one of these men did something at least ostensibly nice for the woman in Hollywood because their surprise is based on the premise, the feminist premise that all men are awful, all men are oppressors, um, maybe isn't even as extreme as all men inherently are rapists until it's socialized out of them. And so they're surprised that each of these men is doing something nice for a woman. Now, let me just say, some of these men in these examples, we're going to go through them one by one. This isn't going to be hypothetical. Some of these men are genuinely nice and they do genuinely good things. Great. Good for them. That's how they should be behaving. But some of these men, as you will see, uh, appear to be acting very insincerely. Their words are ring hollow. They are simply platitudes. In other words, they're trying not to be canceled by the radical woke left here. Um, and BuzzFeed propagates the a pernicious lie of epic proportions in every single one of these examples. And we're gonna talk about that in a second, but first I wanna to talk to you about Soul. Today's episode of The Liz Wheeler Show is brought to you by Soul, the sustainable orthopedic footwear company that seeks to enhance your mobility and improve your foot health to keep you in the game longer by building shoes from the inside out. So what is a footbed, you might ask? 85% of the population will have one or more foot-related ailments in their lifetime. We're talking plantar fasciitis, Morton's neuroma, shin splints, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of these admittedly unsexy ailments can be helped with a footbed. Soul has created a footbed and they define a footbed as a great place to rest your soul. It's affordable, customizable, and improves people's everyday foot comfort. Millions of customers rave about this product and two thirds of Soul customers have two or more pairs of footbeds. Once you know the comfort, the pain relief, the performance enhancement and injury prevention benefits of Soul footbeds, you will want them in every shoe you own. Now Soul has an amazing offer for first time customers, 50% off if you use my URL. 
yoursoul.com slash Liz, yoursole.com slash Liz. And you can try soul for yourself. They're so confident that you will love them. They offer a 90 day money back guarantee. It's very hard to go wrong. It's a very good deal. And this offer is applicable to all items on their store, yoursoul.com slash Liz. Okay, so let's open up this article and men being saviors to women in Hollywood. And let's analyze this. So the first, the first example is Chadwick Boseman. They say Chadwick Boseman took a huge voluntary pay cut for 21 Bridges so Sienna Miller could be paid equally and 13 other famous men who demanded better for their women co-stars. This is how the article is introduced, right? They say, much like the rest of the world, Hollywood and the entertainment industry are plagued by gender inequality when it comes to pay, representation, and treatment. Even huge stars like Amanda Seyfried aren't always paid equally to their male counterparts. Then they try to get academic. Don't worry, we're gonna unpack all of this. They say, additionally, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee found that, quote, if you look at the raw gap between what men and women are paid in Hollywood at the superstar level, it's an over 2.4 million difference. Keyword there to keep in mind, raw gap. It's not adjusted for the type of role. It's not adjusted for the amount of work. It's not adjusted for how much the movies make at the box office. No, no, it's the raw gap between men and women. So they say taking factors such as the amount of time spent filming stunt work and level of experience into account, they still found that the wage gap was about $1 million. Okay, so let's start first this premise that women in Hollywood are paid less simply because they are women. This is actually the same type of narrative, the same false narrative that was propagated by the U.S. women's soccer team. Remember Megan Rapino, who, with her pink hair and her kneeling for the national anthem and her going to the Biden administration and demanding equal pay? Well, it turns out that it's not, it's not that they're suffering from being treated with sexism. It's that the U.S. women's soccer team doesn't earn as much money as the men's soccer team. So, Megan Rapino, for example, makes a false equivalence with what she's doing on the field. She says, I work as hard as the men. I show up. I play as many games. You know, I should be paid equally for the work I do. Well, that's her argument. And it's a faulty argument because her actual job, not the, not the sport that she's playing. That's what she does at her job. Her actual job is to bring viewership in. It's to, it's to create money. It's to um, sell advertisements, really. You're not an hourly paid employee. And I mean, even if you were, it could be gauged by the amount of advertisements that you were able to sell and the amount of eyeballs that you were able to garner. But this, this argument, I mean, she, she made this, this whole big stink. I mean, she became basically a nationally recognized name because she claimed that the U.S. Women's Soccer Federation was paying them less, paying the women's team less because they were women, because of sexism. They were being treated in a discriminatory manner. Now, this was, as I said, it was widely debunked because it's it's a false equivalence. The men's soccer team makes a ton more money. They earn a ton more money as a team. I'm not talking about the individual salaries, even the bonuses of the players. As a team, they bring in way more money than the women's soccer team. So they deserve to be paid more because they brought in a lot more. The women's soccer team brings in less, so they deserve to be um, paid less. That's simply the facts of the matter. And here's the thing, in a free market, in a free market, if the women's soccer team can figure out a way to get more eyeballs on their sport, then they will get more advertisers and they will earn more money. So it's market driven. It's not driven by sexism. This is, this is the problem with the premise of BuzzFeed's article at the beginning. The premise is that women in Hollywood, just by nature of being female, make less money than men. Now, they can quote the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee all they want, but you and I can look at the box office and we know for a fact that um, sappy chick flicks starring 
a woman, meaning, yes, maybe there's always two, a leading man and a leading lady, but if the name that they're advertising the movie is a woman, the name that they're using to advertise the movie is a woman, versus if the name that they're using to advertise the movie is a man, then the, the movie with the man's name makes more money, right? Every time. Not to mention the fact that movies that star men are typically action movies. Action movies typically make more money. Um, they have a larger audience. This, this is just a free market. There's nothing sex. I mean, there's a lot of sexist sexism that happens in Hollywood. There's a lot of degrading behavior towards women in Hollywood. Don't get me wrong there. But the idea that women are paid less because they're women has simply pretty thoroughly uh, been debunked. So that's the first problem. Then BuzzFeed goes on to say, however, not every man in Hollywood is content to sit back and let the disparity continue. Some of them actively use their privilege and power to uplift the women they work with and demand better for them. So this I have a problem with. Before we even get into the individual examples, this I have a problem with because their premise, their secondary premise is that women are oppressed, right? The premise of feminism is that men are oppressors, but the secondary premise is that women are oppressed. Now, if you're oppressed, then if women are oppressed, then the premise BuzzFeed is suggesting is that women need to be saved. Women need saviors. And BuzzFeed wants women to look to men to be their saviors. Now, to me, that seems like the most anti-feminist thing that you could possibly say, especially in a free nation with equal rights where women actually do have equality with men. We actually do have equal opportunity. Um, we actually do have equal rights to men. So we certainly don't need men to be our savior, but BuzzFeed says we do. So then they go on to say, Chadwick Bosman gave up a significant portion of his own salary to his 21 Bridges co-star, Sienna Miller, so that she could be paid what she, quote, deserved to be paid. She, meaning Sienna Miller, told Essence, he said, you're getting paid what you deserve and what you're worth. It's just unfathomable to imagine another man in the town behaving that graciously or respectfully. In the aftermath of this, I've told other male actor friends of mine that story and they all go very, very quiet and go home and probably have to sit and think about things for a while, but there was no showiness. It was, of course, I'll get you that, that number because that's what you should be paid. Two things. One, she deserves to be paid what she can bring in. It's a business. So if she can bring in less than a man, then she deserves to be paid less than a man. It has nothing to do with equality for women, what monetary value you bring to the film. That's how Hollywood works. Movies make money, and based on how much money the movie makes, that's how much you get paid. There's also, by the way, the matter of negotiation. Women typically, not all women, women typically don't negotiate um, in with the same hardball attitude that men often negotiate with. And so if women have negotiated for themselves contracts of lesser quality, then whose fault is that? It's that individual person, whether it's male or female, but more often than not, it's women who do that, not men. The other thing is what kind of self-respecting woman would take a handout like that? I simply cannot imagine a man patting you on the head and being like, you deserve more. I'm going to give you some of my money. Like how patronizing. I don't think that that's kind actually. I think that's patronizing. And I think that if she had any self-respect, she would have rejected it. I cannot believe that someone would, would be proud of this or brag about this. But BuzzFeed's not done. BuzzFeed goes, when Michelle Rodriguez threatened to drop out of The Fast and the Furious over a cheating storyline that she refused to do, her co-star, Vin Diesel, sided with her and helped get the script changed. Rodriguez told the Daily Beast, Vin was the first one to pull me to the side while I was crying, and he just looked at me and said, I got your back, chill out and let me handle this, and you're right, it makes me look bad anyway. So again, 
Vin Diesel acted because it was in his best interest. He didn't think that it made him look good, which is fine. He should, but what did he do? What did he do when he felt that there was a scene in this movie that didn't make him look good? He handled it. He handled it. He went and he talked to the producers and they changed the script. What did she do? Michelle Rodriguez cried. So maybe, maybe the disparate outcomes in business situations has to do with the actions that you take or your behavior and doesn't just have to do with your genitalia, what, your D- what gender your DNA says that you are. Maybe it has to do with how you act and the value that you bring to the production as a whole. So then we have another example. BuzzFeed writes, WandaVision director Matt Shackman employed Elizabeth Olsen to consult on the design for her new Scarlet Witch costume because, quote, she knows what she has to do better than anybody, having done this for years now. This one, I actually just stopped and scratched my head because a lot of these other examples are either women being ridiculous or guys being patronizing. And this one, I was like, what is so, what is so special about this? This, he said, she has the most experience, so we're going to go with her. Great, good for him. Good for him. This, this, this is one of those times that you can just say, yeah, this, this wasn't sexism. There's, there's no, no sexism involved on either way. If she had not been consulted on her costume, there wouldn't have been sexism. And because she wasn't consulted on her costume based on her experience, that has nothing to do with sexism. It has to do with her, her experience. I don't think men need to be patted on the back for picking someone who has good experience. I mean, this is not, this is, it was a ridiculous example. Then BuzzFeed goes, as someone who understands the the largeness and the expectations that are there, Samuel L. Jackson um, helped take the pressure of joining the MCU off Brie Larson while filming Captain Marvel. He told Entertainment Tonight, part of my job being with her is to tell her, look, create this character that you want and make her as dynamic as you want to be and Marvel takes care of the rest. Again, again, first of all, I think we all know Brie Larson on set was known to be a nightmare. She was known to be, to act like I am the women, the woman's icon, the icon for women. She was trying to be a feminist caricature. And um, that simply takes a little bit away from the idea that she was treated differently based on her gender if she was behaving differently based on her gender. Now, again, the, the, the premise that BuzzFeed is presenting is that women are weak, that women need to be saved by men. They're buying into this feminist trope that men are awful if it's not socialized out of them, that it's surprising that men are doing nice things for women and that women really need that leg up if they're if they're going to be successful in Hollywood. And I just, I, I don't buy into any of this. I think this is the absolute worst method, message. This is something that's ingrained in our culture. This is a poisonous ideology that has now been indoctrinated into a whole generation of young women. And it's obviously counter to the original idea of equality for women. We all want equality for women. We all want to be treated fairly, regardless of our immutable characteristics. Um, but that's not what that's not what BuzzFeed is celebrating here. BuzzFeed is celebrating actually a toxic ideology that hurts women because it puts women in a quote weaker position and tells women right off the bat that they are oppressed because of their gender, that men are the oppressors, but that we as weak women have to look to our oppressors, men, to save us and to um, well be patronizing to us to give them equity and not equality. Like I said, the gender pay gap has been roundly debunked. It's not based on sexism. It's based on choices. In Hollywood, it's based simply on a business model where men make more money, and so they're paid more. Movies that star men make more money, so the men that star in them are paid more than the women who star in them. There's a lot of sexism 
a lot of misogyny in Hollywood, a lot of abuse of women in Hollywood. But what BuzzFeed is talking about now, this is not it. This is not it. This is a cultural ill that hurts women. This is not the only cultural ill that hurts women. Billie Eilish, of all people, I never thought I would live to see the day where I agreed with something Billie Eilish said. And I actually think it's incredibly courageous of Billie Eilish to make a comment um, about this particular topic. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Paint Your Life. Now, paintyourlife.com is just as cool as it sounds. I absolutely love this product. So you literally get to turn your favorite memories into art that lasts forever. How it works is this. You submit a picture. Now, this photo can be of anything, of your most emotional life moment, maybe a baptism, maybe a wedding, maybe an anniversary, maybe a birthday party, maybe a sporting event, maybe a family reunion. And an artist turns that photo into a painting. It is such a meaningful gift. Now, when I first heard about this, I thought, wow, this is super cool, but I bet it's really expensive. Not so. It's very affordable. And also, you are so involved in the process. Once you submit your photo, you get to approve the draft, and then they ship it to you in as little as two weeks. So if you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try paintyourlife.com. Again, you can pick any picture. You can even combine pictures, and they'll make a painting of it. Just send any photo. At paintyourlife.com, there is also no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get the special offer, text the word Liz to 64,000. That's L-I-Z to 64,000, Liz to 64,000. Paint Your Life helps you celebrate the moments that matter the most. So Billie Eilish is the uh, literally the last person in Hollywood that I ever thought that I would agree with. I have thought that Billie Eilish's music videos in the past are actually satanic, actually demonic. I mean, I, I am an adult woman who talks about the most horrendous news stories that are happening in our country and around the world. And even I am shocked and disturbed by Billie Eilish's music videos. And I have been in the past. I remember talking about this actually with my youngest sister, who's still in college, because she mentioned something about it. And I said, I won't even watch that. It's so, it's so disgusting. But Billie Eilish said something that most people, this isn't even partisan. Most people will not say this. Billie Eilish says that her brain was destroyed by pornography. This is her exact quote. She said, as a woman, I think porn is a disgrace. I used to watch a lot of porn, to be honest. I started watching porn when I was like 11. I think it really destroyed my brain and I feel incredibly devastated that I was exposed to so much porn. She goes on to say, the first few times I had sex, I was not saying no to things that were not good. It was because I thought that's what I was supposed to be attracted to. Then she says, I'm so angry that porn is so loved and I'm so angry at myself for thinking that it was okay. This, this actually might be the most courageous statement from someone with a public platform that I've heard and I can't tell you how long. Like I said, this isn't even a partisan Republican, Democrat, conservative, um, conservative liberal issue. This is a cultural lie, a pernicious lie that has been told in our culture. It's infiltrated our culture. It's brainwashed an entire generation of not just young men, but young women who have been told that pornography is totally fine. It's harmless. As long as it's, as long as it's consenting adults, you know, what, what's the harm? This is how you, this is how you're liberated. This is how to really embrace your sexuality. Why not watch it? It can even spice up your sex life. This is what we've been told by this multi-billion dollar industry. Did you know that the most visited websites in the United States are pornography websites? Yep, the most visited websites in our country are pornography websites. Meanwhile, 
Pornography, I mean, I don't need to tell you how harmful pornography is. It's harmful for relationships. It devastates marriage. It causes sexual dysfunction. I'm talking literally about erectile dysfunction. Um, it causes men to have more extreme sexual tastes, even violence. It obviously perpetuates sexism, and not just sexism in watching, but sexism in how men then treat women off the screen. It sets unrealistic expectations. It's known to cause depression and other mental illness. I mean, porn is destructive for the individual watching, for all the relationships of the individual. That obviously means the community and our culture. And that's obviously not even taking into account the horrible abuse and coercion that happens in the porn industry itself. Yet again, our culture, our culture has been inundated with the lie that porn is fine and Billie Eilish. It has taken Billie Eilish to speak out and say, no, porn is destructive. It's damaging. She actually said, I'm angry that porn is so love and I'm angry at myself for thinking it was okay. Well, why did she think it was okay? Because that's what, that's what pop culture has told her. That's what the radical left has told her. That, and I'm talking about the cultural radical left. I'm not talking necessarily about politicians right now. I'm talking about Hollywood. I'm talking about those that set the narratives that young people listen to about topics that impact our lives. It happens now on social media. It happens on the internet. It happens from movies. It happens from, from Hollywood celebrities that young people follow and listen to. It happens from an industry that uses Hollywood as its mouthpiece. These lies are pervasive, pervasive, and they are destroying an entire generation of children. There, there was an article published by the Daily Signal by a woman named Charlie Jacobs. I believe Charlie Jacobs is a pseudonym because she wanted to protect the identity of her daughter. This is the title of the article. What I've learned rescuing my daughter from her transgender fantasy. Now, I wanted to talk about this article a little bit today. And I decided I don't even want to give my opinion on this article until you hear some of it. I wanna read to you word for word from this article because it's so shocking. It's so shocking to realize the pervasive lies that are fed particularly to young women in our culture, whether it's Hollywood telling women that they're oppressed, that they're not paid equally because of sexism, that they need men to save them, that they're weak, you know, that they can't even, they can't succeed in their career without abortion. Whether it's the porn industry through Hollywood telling young women in order to be liberated and to be sexually fulfilled, you must watch pornography when it destroys people who watch it and their families and therefore the community and the culture, or whether it's this. Listen to this. This is Charlie Jacobs at The Daily Signal. She writes, my daughter's story is no longer novel. Stories like it are occurring in your state, your town, and perhaps even on your street. Gender dysphoria, the incongruence between the mind and the body, moves stealthily and quickly to invade girls and boys alike. But this is not a cautionary tale. It's a warning. My daughter was an ultra-feminine girl since birth. She insisted that her room be painted pink, and she refused to wear anything but dresses until third grade. She avoided her older brother's toys and sports, choosing tea sets and Shopkins, a series of tiny collectible toys. Her favorite activity was to slip into my closet and don my few sparkly clothes and shiniest of heels. She rejected sports in favor of art and sewing. That all abruptly changed when she turned 12. As her body matured into young womanhood, she stopped begging for a bikini and avoided any clothing that accentuated her figure. She hid her breasts under men's extra large sweatshirts. Then Charlie Jacobs says, then my daughter immersed herself into anime art and cosplaying, the hobby of dressing like fantastical characters. I supported her creative side. I didn't know that anime and cosplaying can overwhelm a young mind. I didn't know that anime and cosplaying involve gender bending themes and that the community crosses into pedophilic and sexual themes. I also didn't know the older cosplay community groomed the younger cohorts. 
She then says, during that same time period, my teen went through Teen Talk, a Manitoba, Canada-based program that says it provides youth with accurate, non-judgmental information on sexuality, reproductive health, body image, substance use awareness, mental health, issues of diversity, and anti-violence issues. This happened at her public school. She came home with a whole new language. She and all her girlfriends discussed their labels, polyamorous, lesbian, pansexual. None of the five girls chose basic, their term for a straight girl. Now, Charlie Jacobs said, I was worried. She distanced herself from her old friends and spent more time online. When my daughter was in eighth grade, as a Christmas gift, I took her to SAC Anime, an anime convention in Sacramento, California. There she met a girl three years her senior, but light years more mature. That girl mesmerized my daughter with her edginess and magnanimous personality. The older girl went by they. After their meeting, my girl, my daughter got a boy's haircut, stopped shaving, asked for boy's underwear. My daughter parroted everything about that older teen. She started making gross TikTok videos. Her language became vulgar and she redecorated her room to look like a cave. She self-pierced her nose with one of those bull rings. She broke every family rule. She was morphing into an emo goth vampire-like creature. She was unrecognizable. Her personality descended into anger and rudeness. The summer before ninth grade, she announced that she was transgender. Post-announcement, she began to threaten suicide. She sunk into a deep depression. I managed to get all of her passwords to all of her social media accounts. What I saw was jaw-dropping. Almost everyone that she was conversing with was a stranger, except for the SAC anime friend who sent her a self-made masturbation video. The discussions on the Discord platform online involved fetishistic sexual conversations. Kids were sending each other erotica, including involving incest and pedophilia. Older girls were instructing younger girls how to sell nude photos of themselves to men for money. Girls bragged about their different mental illnesses. They talked about which drugs do what. They talked about how they're really boys, not girls. They discussed top surgery, that is, having their breasts removed, and packers that create a bulge in one's pants to imply the presence of a penis. My daughter's electronic devices were filled with TikTok videos and YouTubers talking about how great they feel now that they've transitioned. If this sounds shocking, it's because it is. This is, by the way, just the beginning of this article by this woman. She saved her daughter from the transgender ideology, and I highly encourage you to go to the Daily Signal and read the entire piece. But for the purposes of this discussion, this is a pernicious lie. Our daughters, young women in our country, are being bombarded, drowned with pernicious lies about their womanhood, about their femininity, about who they are as daughters of the king. This, I mean, this as, as the mother to a young girl, and I know that my child is just on the borderline between being a baby and a toddler, this is shocking to me. This is shocking to me to think that no matter where she looks, this is what she's gonna face. She's gonna face Hollywood telling her that she's weak and that she's oppressed and that men hate her. She's gonna be told that she's paid differently than men based only on the fact that she's a woman and they're men. She's gonna be told pornography is okay. She's gonna be told that if she doesn't like being a girl, and why would she like being a girl if she's told that being a girl is so awful? that she doesn't have to be a girl then, she can be a boy. And that part of this process is basically sexual abuse at the hands of perverts and pedophiles. These are the lies that our daughters are being inundated with and it's, it's poisoned our culture. It's poisoned our culture. How do you protect a young girl from self-loathing when every single platform, whether it's social media, whether it's movies, whether it's celebrities, whether it's the internet is telling them how terrible it is to be a girl. And where on earth are citizens of our country calling out these pernicious lies that are being fed to our daughters all the time? 
Because these pernicious lies are not just exclusive, are not just exclusive to what's being told to girls, what's being taught to girls. It's not just exclusive to Hollywood telling the lies or our culture telling the lies. We are in a culture where we are battling for the very soul of reality. We are battling delusion because we have this radical left culture that is trying to tell us that delusion is real and that reality is fake news. And this does start at the top. This does start not just in the culture, but in politics. We're gonna talk about this in just a second, but first I wanna talk about Moinkbox. Do you hear that? If you could see and taste this bacon from moinkbox.com, you would order it right now. But for now, let me tell you, it is delicious. I'm telling you, you've gotta get moinkbox.com. Now, you know I'm vegan. So I asked my husband um, what he thought of moinkbox.com. I made him some salmon. His mother made him some sausage from our moinkbox. He was delighted to open this box when it was delivered to us because Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door. By the way, this also helps family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture, which of course is a good thing. And their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and their meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find prepackaged in the meat aisle. So sign up at moinkbox.com Liz to get a free, a year of free bacon, and then pick what meats you want delivered with your box. So join the Moink movement today. I highly encourage, go to moinkbox.com slash Liz right now, and listeners to this show get free bacon for a year. The best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. Now this is spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Liz. That's moinkbox.com slash Liz. You'll be glad you did. It is delicious. Okay, so it's not just cultural lies that we're being told. Everywhere you look, it seems like reality is under assault. PolitiFact released their lie of the year as we are drawing uh, 2021 to a close. PolitiFact's lie of the year, they say are lies about January 6th, this so-called insurrection that happened um, that happened on the day that the Electoral College votes were certified following the November 2020 presidential election. And PolitiFact's lies of the year, or lie of the year, these lies of January 6th. This is what they said. They say, we picked these lies for two reasons. First, the attack was historically important. A federal judge called it the most significant assault on the Capitol since the War of 1812. While some members of Congress lodged protests when the electoral college count was close, as in 2000, or when individual states had close margins, like Ohio in 2004, never before had Americans overtaken the Capitol to hold up electoral proceedings and threaten lawmakers. In fact, the peaceful transition of power has long been a hallmark phrase in describing with pride the American experience. Second, they say, the events of January 6th were widely broadcast on that day and many days afterward, allowing the public to see for themselves exactly what happened. The body of evidence included direct video documentation and many eyewitness accounts. So efforts to downplay and deny what happened in an attempt to brazenly recast reality itself. First of all, first of all, let's remember that in 2016, as we discussed on the show yesterday, in 2016, there were Democrats who tried to stop the certification of the Electoral College vote because they did not want President Trump to be president. That's number one. So this is not unprecedented that members of Congress try to stop the certification of the Electoral College. Number two, this literally, the Capitol being breached happened during the Kavanaugh hearings. Do we not remember these pussy hat wearing abortion junkies who were screaming and banging on doors and who actually took over um, the spectator area in the United States Congress? This, and I, I'm not trying to downplay the violence that happened on January 6th, by the way. I'm not at all. I condemn the violence that happened. It was committed by fringe radicals who should be held accountable for it. They, of course, deserve due process under the law. It doesn't appear that they're being treated fairly because they do have the presumption of innocence until proven guilty 
Again, they deserve due process, but if they committed crimes, they should be held accountable for it. Violence is wrong, period. But the lies about January 6th that PolitiFact is completely ignoring are the lies that have been told for almost the last year by the left. We were told by the left that the rioters planned the attacks on Parler. That wasn't true at all. It turned out to be false. We were told that the rioters planned to kidnap lawmakers. That was entirely fake news. That was not true. We were told that no left-wing activists were involved. That's categorically false. The guy with the horns, what was he called? I forget what he was called. Something, the, the, the shaman guy. You know the one I'm talking about. The infamous picture that went around. He was literally a left-wing environmentalist activist. He had no consistent ideology. We were told by the mainstream media that rioters killed five people. That's not true. The rioters killed nobody. Nobody. Three people died of natural causes. A police officer died of a stroke disorder that he had. He had, and one of the rioters was killed by a Capitol police officer. The mainstream media lied about that. We were told the rioters bludgeoned the cop to death with a fire extinguisher. That wasn't true. It was false. All of these different lies that have been propagated by the mainstream media for years, PolitiFact ignores. They ignore it because they're being biased, because this, this, these pernicious lies that are being told by the left challenge reality. They're trying to put delusion on a pedestal higher than reality. They don't care about the facts because they feel morally superior. The facts might be wrong, but the morality is correct, they, they feel. Isn't AOC the one who said that? But these pernicious lies pervade our culture. And it will, it, it will destroy our culture if we don't put a stop to this. I mean, there's a million other examples of this. ESPN. ESPN, by the way, um, tweeted out a video marking the one-year anniversary of the Bubba Wallace uh, noose incident. Do you remember this? Do you remember this? Bubba Wallace um, made an accusation that someone hung a noose in his garage. He's a NASCAR driver. The FBI came in. They sent special agents. There was an uproar, a cultural uproar. They um, had a show of support for Bubba Wallace. He drove his car around the, the racetrack, and everyone from the garage came out and supported him. It was just this bonanza of support for this so-called hate crime. Well, it turns out the FBI said it wasn't a noose. It wasn't a hate crime. It was actually a garage pole that was in the garage that had been there since 2019. Um, ESPN, despite, despite reality, ESPN released a video marking the anniversary of um, this happening. This is what they said. They said, last year, a noose was found in Bubba Wallace's stall at Talladega Super Speedway. The next day, the NASCAR community stood with him in unity. So that's absolutely fake news. Take a listen to this video. I just wanted to stand with him during the national anthem to show my support for him and was appalled by uh, what I had learned. And then as drivers got involved, I think crew members, team managers, team owners, it really started to snowball within a very short period of time. the most incredible, non-competitive moment in sports I'd ever seen. That moment, I could feel the weight of that moment, and, and I think we all did as we were walking. When I get out of the car, I look back, and I was like, holy shit, it's a whole garage. The whole garage. And that's when I lost it. Absolutely fake news. And what's worse is in the days following um, this incident, if you want to call it an incident, Bubba Wallace himself admitted that it wasn't the noose that he thought it was. This is what he tweeted. He tweeted, 
It's been an emotional few days. This, he tweeted this, by the way, just in the days after the FBI investigation, so a year ago. It's been an emotional few days. First off, I want to say how relieved I am that the investigation revealed that this wasn't what we feared it was. I want to thank my team, NASCAR, and the FBI for acting swiftly and treating this as a real threat. I think we'll gladly take a little embarrassment over what the alternatives could have been. Make no mistake, though some will try, this should not detract from the show of unity we had on Monday and the progress we've made as a sport to be more welcoming environment for all. Bubba Wallace even admitted that it wasn't a hate crime. It wasn't a noose. The FBI said there was no crime committed. It was a garage pool that had been there from 2019. And yet ESPN pushes this pernicious lie, this pernicious lie because they want to poison our culture with this idea that we're a racist nation, that the United States was built on such racism as to render us illegitimate. If the United States is so racist as to be illegitimate, then... Well, that means that our institutions should be torn down. That means our government should be reorganized. How should it be reorganized? Well, wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know that reorganization will lead directly to Marxism, just like every other pernicious lie being told, whether it's Hollywood and the gender pay gap. Well, how do you solve that in the eyes of the left? Redistribution of wealth, socialism, whether it's this idea that men are oppressors and women are oppressed. Well, how do you solve that in the eyes of the left? Equity, equity, which is discrimination against some people in order to even out, or not even out the playing field, but to achieve equal outcome, not equal opportunity. That, my friends, is collectivism. That's socialism, the baby of communism. Whether it's the pornography lie, destroying marriage, destroying family, whether it's the gender lie, destroying individuals in order to destroy relationships, whether it's these politicians lying about what actually happened at the Capitol in order to paint the Republican Party as being a threat to democracy so that the Democrats are in charge of reorganizing it, whether it's this racial narrative that's been propagated by the left telling us that we are so divided that white people should take a seat and that our nation must change. Our entire nation is illegitimate. Their goal, my friends, is clear. It is to destroy the bedrock, the foundational institutions of our nation, whether it's cultural, whether it's governmental, so that they can usher in Marxism. And they do this by propagating these pernicious lies. If we don't call them out, it will be too late. If we don't stand up for reality, then who will? Our country will be destroyed if we don't. The locals, VIP of the week, the great and powerful Jay Hay will cue the Vesta board at any moment. The great and powerful Jay Hay will cue the Vesta board at any moment, that's his cue, of course, to do so. Um, Shadows of M is our Locals VIP of the week. Shadows of M, welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. It is delightful to have you part of our little club. We're growing tens of thousands of us um, over there now. And I'd like to think that we have a pretty good time. We do live Q and A's. We do hot takes on issues that pop up through the day. We do extended segments. We talk about topics that big tech will kick us off for, maybe related to COVID, vax, mask, studies, you name it, transgenderism. Um, we do interviews that you get exclusive early access to if you are a VIP on Locals. And until New Year's, if you want to become a VIP, be part of our exclusive community, you can do so for the cheapest price ever. It's $56 a year for VIP um, membership. So please, if you are not already part, Join us at lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Shadows of M, please introduce yourself to the rest of the community. Let us know why you're there, where you're from, and what issues are most important to you. I'm Liz Wheeler. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.
The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.